Blog Talk Radio. Henderson giving us a little bit of education through rap. 
Welcome to our show today on Our Own Voices Live. I am Rodney Smith in the air chair, and we're bringing you a show today called Simply Community Leadership. Community Leadership. We're going to break down what community leadership is, what a community leader is, and what and who is responsible for what. So community leadership is the title of our show today on Our Own Voices Live. Once again, I am Rodney Smith in the air chair. Let me tell you a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And if you saw those uh, riots and violent protests down in Virginia today, you know that if there is another time that we need to come together, it is now. Uh, one of the ways that we build these bridges or we attempt to do it is, is with shows like Our Own Voices Live. Uh, also, we do a, commu- a community gathering every Friday. Normally, it's at the Westside Bistro located at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. Once again, that's the Westside Bistro at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard inside of Nevada Partners. It is the Culinary Academy. And it's right in the heart of the community. So come on down Fridays at from about 12 to 2. You don't have to stay the whole time, nor do you have to come on time or every Friday. Come when you want to because then we know that you have a desire to be a part of whatever the discussion is. We'd love to see you because that's how we build community is by getting to know one another. We also do a weekly, excuse me, a monthly cleanup at the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. statue in North Las Vegas, just on the other side of Las Vegas, at the intersections of Cary, and you guessed it, Cave Boulevard, that's right, and that's the third Saturday of every month at 10 o'clock, another opportunity to build community where people can come together for a common cause. And as I give you the sort of 10 steps, 10 defining things about community leadership, you find that that is a part of it. We have to collaborate. And so we, on the third Saturday at 10 o'clock, usually takes about 30 minutes, and then by the time we talk and share and meet and greet, maybe a total of an hour, and you're done. Go out and have breakfast or go back and do that uh, yard cleanup or whatever it is that you normally do, but it's one time a month when we invite the community to do something outside. And and let's claim that statue. If there's ever anyone to be a modern and modern, for African Americans today, it is the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And we are one of 25 locations in the country that have a larger-than-life size statue of Dr. King, and we're only one of 99 cities in the country to actually have a thoroughfare named after Dr. King. And we happen to have both, which makes us pretty rare. That's right, right here in Las Vegas. So come on out and help us 
we do various community events. We are not an organization per se, but we love to augment what others are doing. Because, and we're going to talk about organizations and orga, organizing a little bit as we get further into the show. So once again, thank you for joining us. My name is Rodney Smith, and our topic today is community leadership. So before we get in, I, I just got some, some breaking news that came across uh, my, uh, my timeline. And it says President Trump makes a statement on the violence at a white nationalist rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. Did you guys know that Charlottesville, Virginia used to be known as like the happiest place in America? And this morning, violence erupted because, you know, they call them white nationalists, but I don't know if that's the accurate description. They're racist. And I know racist is a trigger word and people don't like like hearing it. But let's call it what it is because you're not able to deal with it accurately if you don't describe it properly. And these were racist. I mean, even the things that they were saying was obviously about the purity of white people and white power and, you know, keeping one nation as the white nation. Uh, the Confederacy will rise again. You know, this is America. This isn't the Confederate States of America. This is the United States of America. And I think we've gone, I'm going to editorialize here a minute. We have gone too long in this country with allowing the Confederate mindset. Now, of course, you're not able to change people's minds per se, you know, legislate a person's mind. But to embrace the South will rise again. What are we saying? Are we saying that we want slavery to come back to America? Because if that's what we are saying, isn't that what we've been saying all along, is that the freedoms that we have are not the inalienable rights as specified in that founding document, but somehow someone can give it and take it away from us? Are we not people too? Just a little thought. And then, of course, I got another one. It says at least one person was killed. Oh, wow. At least one person was killed after white nationalists clashed with counter-protesters in Charlottesville. That, that's serious. There was, I know I watched some of it on live stream on BuzzFeed this morning, and I tried to pretty much, X out, unless it was just general information, what was being said by the commentators and listen to the crowd. And do you know that there was one of these white supremacists that was asking to be shot so it could start the race war? That's right. You know, this is America. When we fight, we fight other nations. We're not supposed to be fighting each other. I mean, that's just the concept of that is sort of un-American to me. No, not sort of. It is un-American to me. And the thought that in Charlottesville, Virginia, someone was killed at a protest rally. So if you guys haven't heard already, the governor has declared a state of emergency, and they have halted the rally, or they tried to halt the rally. Uh, the last I had seen about an hour ago, 
the police had given a notification. They were trying to get the people to move out of the park. Uh, the people were moving. The white nationalists, a.k.a. supremacists, were decided to front the police. Now, you all know what happens when black people front the police, right? But, of course, these were white nationalists, white supremacists. And uh, they were given some time and opportunity. Uh, there's a, a message from the mayor of Charlottesville, and quote, I am heartbroken that a life has been lost here, unquote. And that was from Charlottesville Mayor Mike Singer. Wow. And and there was an urge for people to go home. Wow. What happened was a car plowed, you know, this is like a terrorist act in Europe. This is here in American streets. A car plowed into uh, a crowd of people who were gathered in the streets two blocks from the park. Multiple people were injured. They don't know for sure if it was tied to the protest, but it happened at the protest event. Make out of it what you will. If, if there's some other breaking news that comes across that I think you all need to hear about, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you know as we continue with our broadcast here, because what we're going to talk about today is what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about community leadership. Last night, I had a meeting with a member of the community, and this is what we talked about. So let me give you, let me give you all a definition of what community, ship, community leadership is and community leaders. And if you all want to join in the conversation, by all means do so. You can give us a call at area code 347-826-9600. Once again, that's 347 826 Nine six zero zero, and you can listen into the show if you have a question or comment. Press the number one on your keypad, and that will give me an indication that you're not just listening; that you also want to comment or you have a question. I'm operating the board solo today. My co-host is uh, so. Give me a little bit of time. I, I see you, you guys out there. I see you folks out there. But give me a little bit of time to to get around to you. Uh, so I want to I want to give you the definition of community leadership. And it says community leadership is a specific form of the general concept of leadership. It is frequently based in place and so is local, although it can also represent a community of common interest, purpose, or practice. So when we talk about community leadership, we're basically talking about leadership but of an, in a community, in a specific location. It can be individual or group leadership, voluntary or paid. So a community leader just doesn't have to be someone who doesn't have a job. A person who's making a, an income at whatever degree can be a community leader. In many localities, it is provided by a combination of local volunteers, business, and government, and is best served by what is called place management. In other words, the best community leadership involves people within the community, uh, within that region, government resources, professionals, uh, bringing about business skills, 
and the energy of the local community, the people. And and that's from Sorensen and Epps, 1996, uh, from page 115 to 117, and uh, 1993. So that's a general idea. Now, most of us have an idea without the formalized definition of what community leadership is. That's people or person in the community that provides guidance, energy, enthusiasm, motivation, direction for a community. Community leaders, President Barack Obama was a community organizer and was a community leader. That's how we started. And many people ridiculed him for that, but Dr. King was a community organizer. Uh, Ralph Abernathy was a community organizer. And we could go down a list of famous and maybe not so famous people that have been community organizers, community leaders, provided leadership for the community. There is a popular theme that is starting to develop in the African-American community and other communities too, but my focus is on the African-American community today. And that theme is that we don't need leaders and that everyone is a leader, and lead yourself. And to a certain extent, we all should be leaders of some form or fashion at some time or the other. For example, if you are a mother, a mom, you lead your, your children. If you are a husband, you lead your household. If you are a teacher, you lead instruction in the classroom. Maybe you're a supervisor at work. You lead other workers. You own your own business. You have to lead your workforce. You have to provide guidance, direction. Let them know what you want them to do. In some cases, teach them how to do it, and then give them the tools that are needed to complete whatever the task that job. So yes, at some point or the other, if you're the older brother, older sister, you know, the older sibling, then you provide leadership to the younger one. Maybe you, uh, we tend to think of military as leaders. Yes, there is leaders and leadership in the military. As a matter of fact, there is a lot that we can learn about the military and its leadership because they have a defined structure. I mean, would you want your military to go to war and not know who the leader was? Or do you think it would work if the military members did not know who was leading them? How could they accomplish the mission if there wasn't some guidance from a higher authority and otherwise, something that makes it official that they can galvanize and rally around. How would they be able to work in unison if there is not leadership, order, guidance, and direction? So we can learn a lot from our military. Now, community leadership may not always be quite as formalized as a, as a, as a military structure, but it can be, and the most effective 
leaders and leadership always has some structure. There's always someone providing guidance. There's always someone pointing the direction in which the other should go. That is leadership. In the African-American community, some would say that today we are devoid in many places, and I'm in Las Vegas, so I'll speak about Las Vegas. We are devoid of a structure of leadership. And because we are devoid of a structure of leadership, there is no one really leading us. We are not headed in a particular direction. Sometimes you can come from many different points headed to the same location. But you can also, without leadership and without organization, whether it is one or whether it's many from different points that are going in many different directions in an unorganized fashion, helter-skelter, if you will. And maybe they're not as effective as they could be because they have not figured out how to collaborate together. Not necessarily partnership, because a partnership is a more even more formalized structure. But to collaborate, collaborate and collaborate has its own meaning. And community leadership does involve collaboration. We want there to be collaboration in community in leadership. A simple definition for collaboration would be cooperative arrangement in which two or more parties, which may or may not have any previous relationship, work together for common goals or a common goal. So a general definition for collaboration is cooperative arrangement. So there's some discussion that's been had and there's an agreement that has been made that two or more parties, and they don't have to know each other or have, have had any previous relationship, have decided that they're going to work together to achieve a common goal. So quite naturally, in order to collaborate, you must know what that goal is. In order to provide leadership, there has to be a purpose. Why? A simplified version of collaboration is two or more people working together towards shared goals. Two or more people working together towards shared goals. A while back at the gathering, and remember at the top of the show I mentioned how we worked to build that bridge to uh, join us together, is I said that we have what we call the gathering. And the gathering is simply where people from the community meet one another, greet one another, learn something about each other, and then break bread together, and maybe there will be different topics that they will discuss. Sometimes it can be free-flowing. Sometimes it can be more structured, and on occasion there's a hybrid of the two. And occasionally we may decide that we're going to do something. So, for example, the statue cleanup is something that came out of the gathering through discussion. We put our heads together. We came up with an idea, and we said this is something that we wanted to do. 
and what is it that we wanted to do. The goal was to clean up the statue pavilion area here of Martin Luther King. And we came up, well, what date is the best date? We came up, well, let's do it the third Saturday. Let's do it a Saturday, and let's do it the third Saturday of each month. And then the folks agreed that 10 a.m. was, you know, it was a decent time for, for the majority of folks there. Now, we know that there are some people who are working at that time, and they won't be able to come. Well, everybody's never able to do everything. But the folks who can, when they do it, then there is an outcome. And what is the outcome? Because the outcome has to be specified. The outcome is for the statue, clean, trash, garbage, rubbish, refuse to be picked up. And a byproduct of that is the building of what some in the past have called the beloved community, where people come together, commune with one another, talk, learn about each other, what are their interests. So it was a natural extension of the gathering and a collaboration, but it had a purpose. It had a process. It had defined goals, something that I enjoyed. I look forward to it. I've been out there in the rain, and that's okay. I've met people from having those discussions. I've learned things about the area that I didn't know because it allowed people to open up. Brother Kenny gave us a poem at the last statue cleanup, and it was a really nice poem. Sister Nadine shared some history of the area that I wasn't aware of, and I, I felt empowered because of that. Some people have come out that I didn't know who saw us there and wanted to be a part, and we established a relationship that's still going on today, that's building community. Collaboration is a very important part of community leadership. And, of course, if you're going to have community leadership, Usually there is a community leader or leaders, and sometimes even if it's leaders, there is one that for whatever reason usually stands out above the rest, and there's nothing wrong with that. Actually, humans need that. They need that one. I know some people say, well, Rodney, we had Dr. King. They murdered him. We had Malcolm X. They murdered him. Their life. So that we could have a better life. Not so that we would cower in fear that we might be next. Imagine what would have happened. Whether it was Malcolm, whether it was Dr. King, whether it was Latimer in the South. Imagine what would have happened. If they decided, no, I'm not doing it, I might get shot, I might get hurt. Dr. King was under, if you listen to the stories from Dr. Robert L. Green, who was a friend of Dr. King, who lives right here in Las Vegas. Matter of fact, I just spoke to him yesterday. He can tell you the real story of Dr. King, the behind the scenes, because oftentimes he was there. 
He helped raise their children. He was the father figure for their children when Dr. King was out doing the things that Dr. King did. And even though Dr. King, he would tell the stories of how someone threatened to blow his head off, but Dr. King didn't allow that to deter him. Because they had a mission, a calling that was greater than them. Maybe some of those leaders or would-be leaders or potential leaders need to shrug the concept of, because if you truly want an advancement of the people, you are right. You may sacrifice your life. Maybe that is not you. And if it isn't, that's okay. And maybe because of that fear, you hold yourself back. And for you, that's okay. Our people need someone who's fearless. Now, just because I say fearless as a general term, that does not mean they do not experience fear. Dr. King in public may have seemed fearless, but he had fear. He often talked about the fear of people killing his wife. The fear of someone firebombing his house and killing his children. He talked about that freely. But he did not let the fear control him and dictate his actions. He was a man that marched to his own beat. What beat are you marching to? For those who say we don't need leaders, I differ. I say part of the reason why we are how we are is because we do not have leaders. We do not uplift leaders. They often say that the cream, you're the cream of the crop, and the cream always rises to the top. Are we holding that cream back? Are we allowing it to be wasted in an area that it doesn't benefit the community the greatest? And because of that, we have been in stagnation. We have been scattered and dispersed, and we're not able to unify and move forward for common goals. So let me give you a little definition of community leader, because we talked about community leadership. Let's talk a little bit about a community leader. A community leader is someone who is perceived to represent the community's interests plays the role of protecting them. So it says a community leader is someone who is perceived. Now, it could be someone who has not thought of themselves as a leader. They're just doing the work. But the people see them doing the work. And in the people's eyes, that is someone they follow. They follow his his or her example. Maybe charismatic speaker, that that can also be it. Maybe it's the person who has knowledge of a thing beyond others, that can also be it. It goes on to say, this role, again, could be paid or voluntary. Most communities have held their roles 
as a voluntary one. In other words, most people volunteer for it. You can't pay people to lead. And if no one else will do it, maybe that's what you need. I say the best leaders, though, are probably the ones that you don't have to pay. But there are good paid leaders because oftentimes they're paid because of their level of expertise. And if they're doing it full time, that's their livelihood, and there's nothing wrong with them being paid. After all, they are helping all of us. Wouldn't we pay someone? We pay doctors because they help us with skills and expertise beyond what we have to heal us. And we pay many people because they have something that we don't or they can provide something that we're not able to provide on our own. So there's nothing wrong with paying community leaders. As a matter of fact, for a community, that can also be a sign of commitment because they often say that we speak from our pocketbook, from our wallet. In other words, if you want to find out what's truly important to a person, find out what they spend their money or the bulk of their money on, and that will tell you what's important to them. Community leaders have a vast range of roles that range from mobilizing communities for a common cause to designing courses of action to overcome community challenges. And I got that from the Kinetic Africa Net uh, blog. So we talked about community leadership, and we talked about community leaders, and our topic today is community leadership. Brief station ID. This is Rodney Smith, and you're listening to Our Own Voices Live. Our topic today is community leadership. Uh, we talked about one of the key ingredients of community leadership is collaboration. You have to have it. I gave you the definition of collaboration. I want to give you 10 qualities of community leaders and community leadership. And so if you have a community leader, and, I, and I'm encouraging us to have one, and maybe we have many, but there's always going to be one. Otherwise, just imagine a two-headed snake. It might pull itself apart. Maybe one goes sort of this way and one goes that way, and there's a pole in the middle, and they wrap themselves around the pole. So they have to work in unison. There has to be some type of communication, collaboration, and a sense of purpose. Because if one wants to go left and one wants to go right, literally they can pull themselves apart and they, they die. It'll die. So here's something. And this is number one. Self-awareness. A good community leader should be, not, should be knowledge of his or her strengths and weaknesses. A good community leader should be knowledge, knowledgeable of his or her strengths and weaknesses. This will enable the leader to exploit better his or her abilities while seeking help from others for his or her weak areas. In other words, no one person knows it all. Maybe you are a good talker. Maybe you are a good writer. Maybe you are a good organizer. 
Maybe you are a good fundraiser, a good party thrower, you know, event planner. Maybe you have one or more of those skills, but you don't have all of them. And in order to achieve your goal, you need all of those skills to be brought to bear on a task. So a good leader realizes what their shortcomings are. And then they will find other people to augment their shortcomings. You know, they say the the reason why a husband and wife team, sample of a husband and wife team that works together, is one that actually the two have differences because then they mesh and they collaborate and they defer to each other's strengths. And because of that, the two together are better and stronger than they were individually. Well, when we're talking about self-awareness and leaders and leadership, a part of that is first and foremost knowing what are your strengths and weaknesses. What are your strengths and weaknesses? It's important. Do you know what your strengths and weaknesses are? Knowing what it is and finding people to augment it and sharing the responsibility strengthens you and the movement and gives it a better chance of success. So as a leader or a person who's leading, whether they want to be or not, because remember it can be perceived that this is the leader. They didn't say, hey, I'm the leader. They're doing whatever it is or somebody believes they can do what it is that they need so that then they go and get them. They enlist their aid, their support. So knowing what maybe you're not suited for what they need you to do. But if you know that, you can say it up front. And maybe you can learn or maybe you can get the help that you need or it gives them the opportunity to find someone else. There is no shame in your game of admitting what isn't for you. Number two, we're talking about a leader. An eagerness to learn and adapt. An eagerness to learn and adapt. A community leader Earning respect from members is one of the key enablers of one's role. In order to do this, learning to listen what others have to say, appreciating their input. And if their input and that new information or additional information is of value, then if you are going one way and now because you got this input, you find out that it would be better if I go this way. Then by all means, make the turn and acknowledge where you got that information from. You don't always have to do it, but it is good because it gets buy-in with whoever it was or whoever they were that gave you this new or additional information. And it makes them feel good like they're a part of it. It also demonstrates a level of integrity on your part. So have an eagerness to learn and adapt in the way you do that, to listen to other people, because you're all in it together. And remember, it is, this is a part of unifying, is using each other's strengths, not focusing on your weakness, focusing on the strength and using those. 
ultimately the reason why America has been such a dominant force economically, militarily, technologically, is because we took the brain trust, the brain power, expertise, knowledge, and experiences of multiple groups of people from different areas of the world, and we brought them to bear in a common cause here in America. Isn't that what we talked about in leadership? Is having a common cause, collaborating. America could be called the great country of collaborators or collaboration. Now, what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia, might suggest that we don't collaborate too well anymore. And you might be right. Maybe that's even more reason for us to start focusing on collaborating now and finding out our leaders, who they are. When we have the gathering, we introduce ourselves. A part of it is we find out strengths and weaknesses of those who we're around. Because if there's strength that we need, then maybe we found someone that we can collaborate with. You see how that works? When we talk about some of the top ten characteristics of leadership, empathy is number three. As a leader, it's important that you recognize how the community perceives you as their leader. In other words, if they're not happy with you, maybe you should examine what you're doing. Maybe you should try it differently. Empathy allows one to imagine different viewpoints from the community members as well as understanding their feelings. You have to be in tune with whoever you're leading. With this perspective, a leader may be perceived as one who cares and that will increase his or her credibility in the community. Because when people feel that you care about them, that you're important to them, we talked about input earlier, to be able to, when you get that input, to be able to empathize with those who are giving it to you helps you make better decisions and become a better leader. Again, it increases the buy-in from the community. In other words, they're more apt to do, to go in that direction that you're pointing, because really the direction oftentimes in which you're pointing is the direction that they said they wanted to go, but they didn't have the wherewithal as multiple individuals to put it together to head in a singular direction. And they looked for someone who can help tie it all together and point the way, because ultimately a leader is someone who points the way, to be able to empathize with the people, to feel what their needs are is important. You, you ever meet some people that they're capable, they're smart, they, they have a lot of positive things, but they seem so detached, distant, and cold, sometimes unapproachable. Well, when a leader becomes unapproachable, there's probably a lot of information that he or she is not getting because people don't offer it. Or maybe that leader doesn't willingly appreciate when others offer feedback. Now, there can be times that are better for this than others, and that's okay. But as leaders, we must have empathy for those that we are leading. Number four, honesty and integrity. Honesty and integrity. A leader must ensure that he is trustworthy to the community and to other leaders. 
trust facilitates productive space for discussion and desired social change. Once trust is broken, respect is diminished and productivity is eliminated. So if you confide in a person and it's something personal of whatever nature, and then that person that you confided in and they agree that they're going to keep this between the two of you, go and blab it to everybody else, then, first of all, it can be embarrassing to you. And how do you feel about the person who did it? Are you willing the next time to come to them? And why this is important is because maybe that information that you have is important to achieving the mission, but because you don't feel comfortable sharing it, you don't. You know, we have a situation in our presidency, in our White House today, where many people would rather leak information to the press because that level of honesty and, and integrity in their mind is not there at the top. Things happening that are not right, they need to get out to the people. So honesty and integrity is important. Honesty and integrity helps you run a tighter ship. You say you're going to do something, you do it. The people that you told that you're going to do it have an expectation because of your integrity. When you say a thing, people believe it, and because they believe it, they, can, they count on it. It gives them an expectation. Number five, dedication. You have to be committed. You can't say, I'm going to do this and then do that. Or you do it for a little while and you go on to something else. As a community leader, who most likely is playing a voluntary role, even though it can be paid. It's important that you recognize your own benefits from the role. Time spent on a community role can only be beneficial if it's seen to create space for desirable change, both for the leader and the community. This recognition will create energy and dedication to one's role, given the sometimes difficulty and dreaming role of community leadership. I've been there. Many of you have. You might be committed to something, but are those around you, are they dedicated to it as well? And if you are not dedicated to it, how can you expect them to stay dedicated to whatever it is that you're trying to do? So there's many different groups that say that they represent many different things. We have the Divine Nine the Greek organization, they say that they're all of them taking oaths that have something to do with community. But when you look around, do you see them in the community? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. If you do, that's great. If you don't, maybe you should remind them of what they're supposed to be dedicated to. And this goes for anyone. Dedication. It's voluntary. You know, don't volunteer for something that's going to be an all-day job that you can only commit an hour to a day. Because even though you may want to do it, it is not possible for you to do it. And then people will feel, well, he's not really dedicated. She's not really dedicated. 
and they lose hope. They lose faith because that builds up equity of hope and faith in people when you are dedicated to your task. And then a leader must have a sense of service. Service involving oneself in general community service is yet another great quality of community leadership. A leader being seen to serve your own members creates respect and legitimizes one's role in the community. So in other words, people are seeing you doing this. They notice you're dedicated because of the service, because of the work that you're doing. And because they believe that you're dedicated, you're committed, it often will give them buy-in because they know that if they start it, that it will be finished. You're not a fly-by-night type of person. You're not a flighty person. You're someone who digs in and makes it happen. One of the reasons why some employers like to hire military people is because they know that they're dedicated to accomplishing the mission. But sometimes in our community, do we know what that mission is? So you must have interpersonal skills. That's number seven. A community leader should be able to interact with other members of the community with ease. In other words, you're not in an ivory tower. You're not separated from the people. You are of the people. You understand them because you have empathy, remember? This calls for good communication and collaboration skills. In other words, you have to be able to work with people, to negotiate. Occasionally you have to mediate because there can be various factions within the group. You have to be able to listen to other people. It's not your way or the highway. And then you must be able to articulate arguments to work with members external to the community. Black people will often say, well, black people have to do it. That's right. But there are some things that black people simply are not able to do by themselves. So you must be able to collaborate, reach out, know who other people, other groups are that can help you, that have a willingness, that empathizes with your movement. Surge would be an example. Standing up for racial justice is what it stands for, the Las Vegas chapter. It's made up of white people with an understanding that things are not right, and they're the ones largely responsible for it because they control everything. Maybe those protesters, those rioters, don't understand that in Charlottesville, Virginia today. They own 98.5% of America, and yet they say they're threatened by those who own 1.5%. It's not logical. So you have to be, you have to use your interpersonal skills to communicate, to reach out, to share information up and down the chain, vertically, horizontally, you know, laterally. You have to be able to share and you have to be able to receive. And there has to be a certain, not only respect, but a likability. Number eight, you have to be forward thinking. In other words, you're not I mean, there's leaders who are good for the moment. Maybe you're in a fix that is important that you get out now, and you need that person that can operate like that. But maybe they're good for operating in that moment, but they're not able to see. They don't have that vision of the future. 
That's where your forward thinkers come in. Forward thinking is about being visionary as a leader. One should dream for his community. In other words, I see that we can be this. I know that if we do these things, we can accomplish that. We can do this together. We can clean up that statue if we go work together, and it won't take that much time. Forward thinking. Someone who says, how about or what if? You know those people? The dreamers. How do I want my community to be? I can see it being this or that. He should be, he or she should be able to think of the future and set sustainable goals by developing his or her own critical thinking skills and involving the younger generation. Let me tell you why it's important to involve the younger generation. A lot of the things that we need to do, we won't be able to do it in our lifetime or in the time that we have allotted for ourselves. When you involve the younger generation, one, that lets them know that you're caring. Ultimately, the reason why we're doing most of this stuff is for the ones coming up next. They're thus the younger generation. But when you involve them in the process, they get buy, you get buy-in from them. And also, you get their energy. Now, I'm not the oldest person around, but I'm surely as young as I used to be as none of us are. I'm in my 50s, mid-50s. The energy level that I had at 18, 13, it's not the same. Young people, they, look, we have roles to play. There is always an exception to the rule, but there is always the rule. I have experience that the average 18, 20, or 30-year-old does not have simply because I live life. Now, there's some people, because of their background, they can live a lot of life in a small period of time, no doubt. But we're talking generalities here and in general. I've lived a lot of life in 55 years that an 18-year-old has not experienced yet. It doesn't mean that I'm smarter, but I do have experience. I have made mistakes. I've learned from them. See, the idea is not for each generation to come along and make the same generations as the previous. We're talking about some, some cognitive learning here, some corporal not corporate knowledge. The idea is what I learned in my 55 years, what I've learned that works and don't work, it's my job to pass that on to the following generation. It is their job to receive what I have to give to them. I don't keep it. I give it to them. Now, once they have it, it's up to them to do whatever the heck they want to do with it. But I do believe older people have an obligation to younger people. Sam Smith, the founder of The Gathering, the Native Son Bookstore, he started The Gathering 20 years older than me. You all heard the story. At some point, he tagged me and said, hey, Rodney, you're it. I'm not coming back. You're a younger man. I'm moving on. I'm doing other things. He planted a seed. Well, older people should be farmers with young people planting the seeds of a bountiful harvest greater than anything that the older person experienced. Because if all of the older people are seeds, 
in younger people. That means that you're creating more of those people with the ideas and with the knowledge that you have. Now, eventually they will mold, they will change whatever they're doing to suit them. But because they don't have that yet because of a lack of experience in most cases, but not all, they usually start out following those who came before them. And because that is a road, a road already paved. Now, there's going to come a point because I've shared my knowledge with them. What I've, what I've gained in these 50-plus years, I can now give this to that 18-year-old or that 25-year-old. They didn't have to wait the 50-some-odd years that I had to wait to get it. Here it is right here, the benefits of reading the book because whatever that knowledge is that that person gained and they wrote down in the book, you don't have to figure it out because now you can read a book and you can get it. You can go watch a YouTube video. That is corporate knowledge and learning. That's something that we need to bring back to our community. We need to embrace our older people. You don't have to like them. You don't even have to agree with them. But they have something of value that it took them up to that point in their life to get. And if they're willing to share it with you young people, because to the 70 and 80-year-old, in my 50s, I'm the younger person. They are obligated, as I said earlier, because they're senior to me to pass it on. I'm obligated to receive it. But once they have gifted, given it to me, it is mine to do with as I see fit. Hopefully the idea is the road that they paved, once it has come to an end, I can now add on mine to it the foundation that they paid. Now I can put some framing around it. You see how that works? Forward thinking. Someone who looks beyond the here and now for a greater tomorrow. We need that in our community leaders and in leadership. Number nine, intelligence. Intelligence. Now you don't always have to be the smartest around to be a leader. That's probably why it's number nine. But there's some people who they may not be academically smart, but they know what they know. And here's the thing. If you know whatever it is that you know that's beneficial to your community, you are intelligent. You are the subject matter, matter expert. If you know one thing and you know that one thing better than anyone else, then by all means, I want that that you have. Maybe that one thing is what we need to achieve, whatever that goal is. Then share it, and then I should embrace it. A competent leader is seen as one who takes care of the tough stuff that may happen to him or the community. Intelligence here is beyond being smart to include high levels of both emotional and social intelligence. Know your people. Know what's going on. Understand. Keep your eyes and ears open. You know, keep your your nose to the ground. Know what's going on. Are you working them too hard? Are you pushing them too far? Are you trying to get them to move too fast? Maybe because it's something that's somewhat innate to you, you assume that it is to them, and you want them to go at your pace, but they're really not at your level, so they're not able to go at your pace. An observant, 
intelligent leader will look out and see. Now they're not able to keep up. I need to slow down. Maybe they're working at their max capacity. Then I need to slow down. That leader needs to slow down. Or maybe I'm too methodical and we have a bunch of young people and they're raring to go. Well, you don't want to just let them run out into the street, right? But if you know that the street is clear, then give them their head, so to speak. Let them run with it. It's okay to be a leader and follow others. It's okay to be the oldest and follow the younger because maybe, and and this is where that intelligence comes in. You see in them, all right, hey, I'm tired. Now, I don't think black people should get tired because slaves didn't get tired. But you know that, hey, I, I, need, I need a little break. Let them go. When you're riding a horse sometimes and you're holding the reins and you're, you're trying to get some speed, but you're holding the reins so tight or you're holding power so because you're afraid that someone else might get it or you, that you might lose control. What I'm saying is if you've done the other thing, then maybe when those younger people or those people who were so dependent on you in the past, maybe you've done such a good job that they're ready to take the lead. Well, you should be intelligent enough to know that maybe you've done your job. They can run without you. They can accomplish the task without you. Well, that's okay. You did your part. You served your purpose. Let them run with it. Pass them the ball. You know, since I'm not watching football this season, (laughs) pass them the ball. As a matter of fact, since we're not watching football, maybe we can go outside and play some football, get some physical activity, see how we can turn that negative into a positive. The young people, they're raring to go. Now, An intelligent leader also knows that young people, enthusiastic people, because maybe they're not young. We don't, now let's not not move that fast. No, it's not that I'm afraid of moving fast, but my experience tells me that this is something that we need to take our time in. It's okay to push the envelope, and let's push it to see how far we can push it, but let's not go too far because I know historically when we've done that, negative things have happened. And through your empathy for them, you're able to relate to them in such a fashion that they understand because they understand that you're dedicated to it. They have that trust. They understand your integrity. They've seen it. Then they're probably apt to say, you know what, Mr. Smith, he's he's done a good job so far. He hasn't stirred us wrong. And if he has, he's acknowledged it. Okay, he said, hey, maybe we should wait. Then we should wait. In times past when I wanted to do something and he thought that maybe we should do it another way and I explained it to him, he says, okay, let's try it. And we tried it. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But I know that Mr. Smith, because of my relationship with him, that if he 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 wouldn't hold it back because he thought he's going to lose something. He would only do that because it's for our greater good. 
You see how all of this thing works together? It is not about me, but it is about achieving that common goal. Remember, a leader, community leader, there's something that they're trying to accomplish, some goal. There's an end result that we're seeking. And then number 10, motivation. Lastly, a great leader inspires as to create the desired social change. He does this in a variety of ways, but always remembers to include others in his thought processes and courses of action. Motivation. In our community, how motivated are we? I said earlier, oftentimes you can tell how important a thing is by if a person and how much a person and how often a person is willing to go into their wallet or pocketbook. Did you know that in the African-American community locally in Las Vegas, and when it comes to political donations, candidates get about 5% from the African-American community? Oftentimes, the African-American community has about 90% of the need, but they only give about 5% to political elected officials to represent them. Other groups give a much higher percentage, obviously. This is something that we have to look internally to ourselves. This is not about what other people are doing to us. This is about what are we doing for ourselves. The reason for having the meeting last night at the Eclipse Theater, that's where, that's where we met. It's a black-owned theater. It's nice, a little expensive, but if you want the best, it costs to have the best. So we went to the Eclipse. I, I got a beautiful picture of a rainbow. I'll try to post that. We went to the Eclipse and we talked. And we, 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 what I appreciated about the young woman that I met with is that even though she didn't agree with everything that I said, she didn't let that separate us from the common cause and purpose of the meeting. We brainstormed, and the art of brainstorming is important when establishing community leadership and leaders. You have to be able to agree to disagree and not be disagreeable. It's okay to discuss, but you have to motivate each other that, hey, Rodney, I don't agree with that, but I appreciate you sharing that with me because I can see how that could work, but I think it should be like this. Or, sister, I hear what you're saying. But did you know that we tried that in the past and that didn't work and this is the reason why? And if those same conditions still exist, either we need to change what we did in the past or we have to change the conditions today so that maybe it can work. So there's not negatives in this. Remember we talked about looking forward, having vision. How can we make this work? Now, sometimes there is no making it work and you have to call it. But other times, it could be a how about if we do it this way or that way. Let's discuss that. 
so that was the ten things of community leadership and leaders. Ten qualities, self-awareness, eagerness to learn and to adapt. You know, we have a saying, adapt or die. We're dying, so we need to start adapting. You must have empathy for that community, those people that you're representing or that want you to represent them. You have to have honesty and integrity. Builds up trust. It's buy-in. When times are tough, that honesty and integrity will often keep whatever the coalition that you're collaborating with together. Be dedicated. Don't just come in now on fire and then leave. All right, you guys got it. No. Are you there for the long haul? Are you there to give it your all that you have to give for this particular cause? Know that up front. Service. You must be willing to give of yourself. People will notice. To be as a leader, you have to be able to interact with the people that you're leading. You have to be able to communicate so that there can be collaboration. Know what it is that you need to collaborate on or about or with. You must be able to negotiate. You have to you have to talk. You have to communicate. And you have to be a visionary. You have to see, you know, we're here now, but if we do these things, this is where we can be. This is the direction in which we need to go. And you must be you must be decisive. People must believe in you. Maybe they don't see it like they you see it, but because they believe in you, they're willing to give it a try. They're willing to put in that work, that effort, spend that money, provide that service. And you must have some intelligence about it. You must know what you're doing. Where you're weak, you must be able to find people who are strong in it. Maybe people see something in you that you don't see in yourself, and they need you. Like a figurehead, sometimes people just need to see someone. In the Bible, it talks. It says, touch the hem of his garment. Somebody just needed to touch his clothes, and they felt better. They said, let me see the face, and they felt better. Sometimes when they see you coming, they say, this is the person that's going to make it happen. It builds something up in them. And that's where that motivation comes to keep going. Those times are going to get tough. You know, what do they say? When times get tough, the tough get going. They don't want the person that, oh, no, it's going to be too much work. I'm not, I'm not down with this. Oh, no, this is too hard. I'm not down with this. Oh, shucks. Somebody might see me. I'm not down with this. Nah, people want someone who they know is going to be there. What I'm asking us to do as a group of people, because, you know, they say when you, you can talk, but you have to have an ask, sometimes a demand. We, we know that we have a lot of needs. As we discussed it last night, there were so many needs, it's sort of hard to funnel it down into, well, what do we do first? 
and it was just two of us. And we knew that the two of us could not do it all, but we knew we could do what we can do and that we, we can at least get it started. What I'm asking from my community, from your community, for those of you who have an interest, and I'm being a little selfish now, for those of you who have, who have an interest in a segment of the American society of people, and I'm talking about black people today, for those of you who have an interest in black people doing better in America, I'm asking you to meet with us. If you are the leader of your organization, you are the decision maker, I'm asking you to meet with us. No, And the reason why I say that is because sometimes size becomes the driving factor. We had 100 people. We had 1,000 people. I've always said, you give me 10 good people, and I'll change your community. You give me 100 good people, and I'll change the city. But how about if I get 10 people that have some sway, some juice? That's right. I'm talking juice. These are people, these are doers, these are people who make things happen. Maybe president of each one of the divine nine. Heck, now we have 11 people already. Maybe it's somebody from the multiple houses of masonry. Maybe we get someone from the masons. Maybe we get a shrine. Maybe we get someone from the consistory. Maybe we get an Eastern star, a daughter of Job. Look, look, look at the, these are all vi- valid, viable organizations that have a community focus. In just the ones I've named alone, look how many people we've gotten and how many people they represent. See, these are decision makers, though. Maybe we get someone from the NAACP, one of the first, second, third vice presidents, or maybe even the president. Maybe we get somebody from the Urban League. Maybe we get someone from the Urban Chamber of Commerce. They represent people. Maybe we get someone from the 100 black men and the 100 black women of Las Vegas. How many, how, many more people, how many more people are being represented now? Imagine, imagine if we got this from a few of the churches. Look again, look how many more people we have. So we don't want to swell and become so big that it's unhealthy. But we know that the two of us do not have the ability to give what the community needs. So I'm asking you, if you know a member, the decision maker, the leader of an organization, to give me a call, 702-430-6685, 702-430-6685. You can always go to my Facebook page. You can go to Our Own Voices Live. You can see the event page. You can go to Rodney Smith. You'll see me. And let us take this day, a day of unrest, division, divisiveness, 
hatred in Charlottesville, Virginia. Let us make this day the day that we say that we're going to do the thing that we always say. We need to come together. Even sometimes when we're together, we say we need to come together. But we are together. It's not that we need to come together. It's what are we going to do when we are together. What is that goal? What is that thing that we talked about earlier? What is it that the community needs? You know, we talked about empathy and listening, communication, interpersonal skills. Let's do that, but let's do it now. Let's make up our minds to do it. Maybe we won't get all of the divine nine. Maybe we get the divine four. Maybe we don't get every house in masonry. Maybe we'll get the stars. Maybe we'll get the daughters. Maybe we'll get the shrine or maybe we'll get the consistory. It's more than what we had starting out with the two of us. I'm talking, I'm not talking everybody show up. I'm talking about that decision maker, that leader. Maybe we'll get somebody to represent business, like from the Urban Chamber of Commerce. Look at the power that we have. Maybe we get some clergy. If you know Dr. Fowler, if you know Reverend Cheney, if you know Pastor House, and there's many more to travel this together. We have to collaborate. You can still do whatever it is that you do and do it well. But if we want to move our people, we're going to have to collaborate. And the time is now. Well, everybody, uh, we didn't get any callers today. Uh, I appreciate all of you called in to listen. I hope that you found something of value in our show. Our show today on Our Own Voices Live was simply titled Community Leadership. It's something that we need very badly. As a matter of fact, we are in dire straits right now. And if nothing else, we've, we've proven that what we've been doing is not working. So let's go back to the things that we know works, and that's collaboration, structure, order, direction, guidance, leadership. And if you're involved with leadership, there's something else that's just as important, and it's called followership. A leader has to have people to lead, and followers have to have someone to follow. And we can both push one another. My name is Rodney Smith. You've been listening to Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live comes to you every Saturday. We try to broadcast at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That's 3.30 p.m. for our East Coast listeners. Our topic today was simply community leadership. It is something that we need, and we talked about the 10 principles of leadership. I hope, I hope that there was something of value. Go to Our Own Voices Live. Let us know what you think about the show. You go to the event section. You can just leave a comment in general. You can, of course, always find me 
as Rodney Smith on I'm also on Twitter as Our Own Voices. We'd love to hear from you. What do you think about the topic? What do you think about us getting together? Are you willing to help? Are you willing to go find that person that you look up to, that leader, and suggest that this is the time for us to collaborate? This is the time for us to come together? If you are, let's do that. Contact me, 702-430-6685, 430-6685, and I will see you all back next week. And until then, be safe and love on somebody today because you never know what tomorrow may bring. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.